Hey, faithful listener, welcome to season six of the Bible Explained podcast, the podcast where the Bible gets explained. So grab your cup of coffee and enjoy today's discussion from the book of Judges. Howdy and good morning, faithful listeners. Today we're going to be finishing up Judges chapter 15 and talking more about Samson, the big baby. Don't get me wrong, I actually don't dislike Samson. When I call biblical characters like names, it's not because I dislike them. It's just because that's what they are. In fact, I was reading a quote from Spurgeon and Spurgeon called Samson a big child. So he was a little less, uh, little less mean than me. <laughs> But okay, let's go ahead and read Judges 15 verses 9 through 20. And we'll talk about Samson's amazing victory over the Philistines today. So grab your cup of coffee or your cup of tea. Oh, and by the way, speaking of both babies and coffee, right now in my beautiful home state of Ohio, we are about to go through an election. And one of the things we will be voting on during this election is something called issue one. And for those of you who live in Ohio or pay attention to the news, you might have heard about this issue because it's a big issue. And the reason this is such big news is because it's a proposed amendment that would allow abortion at any stage of the game. So if the baby is nine months but still in the womb, an abortion will be legal. Not only that, it will be funded by taxpayer money because Planned Parenthood would likely be written into the Constitution as well with this proposed amendment. And not only that, this takes away the right for women to choose to keep their baby if the doctor says that her life is potentially in danger if she tries to keep that baby. The mother no longer has any right to say, no, don't abort my baby. Instead, it's the doctor's choice. The doctor would have full control of whether or not that woman was giving birth. A doctor can just say to a woman like, hey, your life is in danger. You need to abort this baby and the mother can legally do nothing about it. And the mom would have no rights to protect her own baby if the doctor deems it necessary, quote unquote, necessary to kill off the fetus. And to me, that is one of the most egregious things about this particular amendment. So I can imagine you guys know how I'm going to vote. I'm going <laughs> I'm going to be voting. No, I do not want this amendment to change our Constitution. But on the bright side of things, I just found out today that Seven Weeks Coffee, the coffee brand that I support and the coffee brand that supports life, is going to be matching every donation from every bag of coffee that they receive and giving it to Ohio Pregnancy Centers. And they're also now going to be giving 20% instead of 10% from every purchase of coffee to Ohio as well. So they are doing the best they can to spread the word to help my fellow Ohioans with this uh, terrible pro proposed amendment. And that's why I really like Seven Weeks Coffee is because of stuff like this. They don't just uh, say that they support life. They're actually going out and doing something. And they're helping people around America right now with the the money that they receive. So that's amazing. And I'm I'm very thankful for seven weeks coffee and i'm even more thankful that they are looking out for ohioans and for the pregnancy centers here in ohio and helping fight against this proposed amendment and if there's any time for you to buy coffee from seven weeks i recommend you do it right now because not only is it going to 
support life, babies in the womb, but it's also going to go to my favorite state. As much as I love all you other guys out there from different states, I love Ohio a lot, and I don't want to see Ohio uh, get screwed up, honestly, and the people of Ohio to have to deal with some of these terrible things. I don't want to have to hear about a friend of mine going to the doctor and finding out that she is legally not allowed to keep her baby. I don't want to hear about that kind of stuff. And I don't want to hear about it for me either. You guys know that I am struggling to get pregnant as well. And I do not want to finally get pregnant and for some wacko doctor out there to abuse the the Ohio Constitution and my rights are not protected any longer and the rights of the baby in my womb is no longer protected because of this proposed amendment to the Constitution. This is very near and dear to my heart. I don't want to see anything like this. So guys, check out 7 Weeks Coffee and uh, use code 7 for 10% off your first purchase. And you can be guaranteed that not only will you get great coffee, but uh, you'll be supporting something good. Something good for Ohio. Something good for the women of Ohio and for the babies of Ohio. And also even for the women around the USA as well and the babies around the USA as well. Because unfortunately, if this amendment passes, it may pass in other states as well. Alrighty, friends and favorite listeners, I'm sorry for talking about that for a while, but uh, it is near and dear to my heart and it makes me very sad. But let's go ahead and read Judges chapter 15 verses 9 through 20 today. I will be reading out of the WEB as I usually do. Grab your cup of seven weeks coffee or your cup of tea this morning and let's go ahead and enjoy scripture together. Then the Philistines went up and camped in Judah and spread themselves in Lehi. The men of Judah said, why have you come up against us? They said, we have come up to bind Samson to do to him as he has done to us. Then 3,000 men of Judah went down to the cave in Edom's rock and said to Samson, Don't you know that the Philistines are rulers over us? What then is this that you have done to us? He said to them, As they did to me, so I have done to them. They said to him, We have come down to bind you, that we may deliver you into the hand of the Philistines. Samson said to them, Swear to me that you will not attack me yourselves. They spoke to him, saying, No, but we will bind you securely and deliver you into their hands, but surely we will not kill you. They bound him with two new ropes and brought him up from the rock. When he came to Lehi, the Philistines shouted as they met him. Then Yahweh's spirit came mightily on him, and the ropes that were on his arms became as flax that was burned with fire, and his bands dropped from his hands. He found a fresh jawbone of a donkey, put out his hand and took it, and struck a thousand men with it. Samson said, With the jawbone of a donkey, heaps on heaps. With the jawbone of a donkey, I have struck a thousand men. When he finished speaking, he threw the jawbone out of his hand, and that place was called Ramoth-Lehi. He was very thirsty and called on Yahweh and said, You have given this great deliverance by the hand of your servant, and now shall I die of thirst and fall into the hands of the uncircumcised? But God split the hollow place that is in Lehi, and water came out of it. When he had drunk, his spirit came again, and he revived. Therefore its name was called En-Hekor, which is in Lehi to this day. He judged Israel 20 years in the days of the Philistines. Last we left off, Samson had made a pretty decent mistake. He got the Philistines pretty angry at him. He burned all their fields with like these foxes that he put a torch between their tails and let them like run free. And they just like burned up the brand new wheat and the olive groves and all these things that the Philistines had. And the Philistines retaliated. 
by killing Samson's wife and Samson's father-in-law, even though they were kind of not really his wife and father-in-law. They still killed them. And of course, that made Samson very angry. And so he went out and uh, basically killed a bunch of Philistines at that point. And then he went and fled and lived in this rock called Edom. And that's where he was hiding out while the Philistines, I'm sure, were searching for him. But somebody knew he lived in that rock because it said that the men of Judah knew that Samson was in that rock, living in that cave or whatever. And the Philistines start camping against this area called Lehi, and they're about to basically kill off Judah just because of what Samson had done. So as you can see, Samson created a big spiral. He created problems, I think, that didn't necessarily need to be created. He could have just gone to war like all the other judges did and probably avoided a lot of this because the Philistines were not supposed to be in Israel. They were not supposed to be trying to take the land for themselves. They didn't belong there. It wasn't their land. The Israelites were allowing the Philistines to rule over them, as we see here. So the Philistines are camping up against Judah in this area called Lehi. And it says the men of Judah go over to the Philistines and they're like, why have you come up against us? Like, what do we what did we do now? What's wrong? Why are you, you know, fighting against us? They said to the men of Judah, they're like, we have come up to bind Samson to do to him as he has done to us. So there you go. You can see that it's just like a spiral of revenge just over and over and over again. And so 3,000 men is what it says, went down to the cave in Edom's rock and said to Samson, don't you know that the Philistines are rulers over us? Why have you done this to us? So I want you guys to know something. 3,000 men went to go get Samson, okay? 3,000 Israelite men, which is kind of interesting. Keep that number in mind. But they go get Samson and they're like, the Philistines are are encamping against us. They're going to destroy us. They are our rulers, which they never should have been. And honestly, Israel is probably strong enough themselves to take out the Philistines because God was always on the Israelites' side until they started just doing whatever they wanted to do instead of doing what God wanted them and called them to do. These nations that they were like, hey, let's make a peace treaty. Let's uh, worship each other's gods. You know, let's hang out and marry each other's wives and do weird, uh, you know, sexual orgies with each other. Let's let's do all this stuff that you guys do. Every time that happened, though, these these nations that were supposedly trying to live side by side peaceably with Israel would come in and betray Israel and try to take that land for themselves and kill off the Israelite people. So the Israelites accepted it here and they just said the Philistines are our rulers, but they forgot that Yahweh always wanted to be on their side wants to be on Israel's side. And the Israelites forgot about that and forgot completely about Yahweh. It actually says that they totally abandoned Yahweh right before all of this. And that's when the Philistines started coming in. So they asked Samson, why have you done this? And here's what Samson said. (laughs) As they did to me, so I have done to them. Which is very funny because that's the exact same answers that the Philistines had just given. So that kind of shows that it's just like a revenge pattern. But moving forward in verse 12... The men of Judah, the 3,000 men say, okay, we're going to bind you and deliver you to the Philistines. So Samson says to them, swear to me that you will not attack me yourselves. Which is very interesting response, actually, because this is the one place where Samson has a lot of faith. The one place where he is expecting God 
to take care of him and knows that God will take care of him. He had a lot of faith here to allow these Israelite men to take him captive as a prisoner to the Philistines who would most certainly try to kill Samson. So he says to the people, his people, he says, swear to me that you will not attack me yourselves. And I I imagine that the reason Samson said this was so that he didn't have to fight against his own people. So he says, don't fight against me. Just deliver me to the Philistines. So they say, we are not going to kill you. We are going to just deliver you bound with two new ropes to the Philistines. And I'm sure everybody knows that Samson is a very strong guy. Just the stories that have already happened, I'm sure got spread. And everybody knew that Samson was, in fact, a very strong man. And so that's why they bind him with two new ropes is what it says, specifically because new ropes are very hard to break. And having two of them on your hands, you wouldn't be able to break them. And and think about it. They weren't just like tying it once around him. I'm sure they were probably tying it around his arms multiple times. And these were two ropes they were tying around his arms. Think about that. So they were probably like, there's no way he can possibly break these two ropes. So they bind him with two ropes and they deliver him to the Philistines. And so it says when he came to Lehi, which I imagine this was kind of a hike from that rock to Lehi, it says the Philistines shouted as they met him. This means it was like a war cry. They were ready to kill Samson right then and there. But then it says that Yahweh's spirit came mightily on him. And the ropes that were on his arms became like flax that was burned with fire. Flax, I'm pretty sure it's like a grass, like a tall grass. And it being burned with fire, like to a crisp, that would, I mean, you can you can like touch it and it turns to dust, right? And that's what happens to these ropes. Now, I don't necessarily think it was Samson's strength that made these ropes turn to charcoal. <laughs> I think that was probably God completely uh, turning these ropes to just charcoal around Samson's wrists. And it says that they dropped from his hands. They became like a flax that was burned with fire and his bands dropped off of his hands. Fire is often associated with God. We've already seen multiple indications of fire and God together. Like, for example, back in the wilderness, God was uh, in the pillar of fire by night to show the Israelites where they were going. So God was that pillar of fire. And then we've seen God in the fire, like the burning bush. And just a couple chapters ago, we talked about how Jesus ascended into the flames when Samson's parents uh, presented the burnt offering, basically. So fire is often associated with God. So I'm not shocked that these these ropes became like flax burned with fire. To me, that kind of sounds like God was definitely Well, God was behind all of it, obviously, but God was certainly behind the burning of these ropes without hurting Samson. So so anyway, Samson finds this fresh jawbone of a donkey on the ground. So somebody's donkey had died at some point in time, and there's a jawbone of that donkey just sitting on the ground. And this is another time we actually see Samson uh, break his Nazarite's vow because he's He's picking up like dead bones from a donkey. So that's kind of interesting. He's using something unclean to slaughter, basically slaughter the Philistines with. And with this jawbone of a donkey, he kills a thousand Philistines all by himself. 
Like that is the power of the Holy Spirit working inside of Samson to that great degree. Like this was this was definitely a miracle. No normal human person can defeat a thousand trained soldiers with a jawbone of a donkey. Like it's kind of a ridiculous weapon if you think about it. And <laughs> I mean, if you look at all of Samson's life, he is just an analogy and a picture of the history of the Israelite nation from the time they were chosen by God in the time of Abraham. I mean, look at Samson here. He is a one-man army defeating a bunch of Philistines with the jawbone of a donkey. So if you think about it, Samson, one-man army. Israel started out very small with one man, a chosen man, a man that was set apart by God. Just as Samson was set apart by God from the womb. Samson and Abraham very similar. Not to mention that Israel should have been very weak, like Samson, against these Philistines, but they were always very strong because God was on their side. What does it say here in verse 14? Yahweh's spirit came mightily on Samson. Yahweh's spirit was always with Israel and was always mightily helping them through battle. And Israel was a pretty small nation and uh, shouldn't have been as strong as they were. Not to mention Samson killing these Philistines, that a thousand Philistines with the jawbone of a donkey, a ridiculous weapon and a miracle completely. And that's just a picture of God doing miraculous and crazy things, <laughs> uh, helping Israel through everything, helping them defeat armies that are a thousand times bigger than they are pretty much. So it is really interesting how much of a picture Samson's life really is with the history of Israel. So it says here, Samson makes this poem. You know, Samson really, he liked his poems. <laughs> he really liked his poems. He says, with the jawbone of a donkey, heaps on heaps with the jawbone of a donkey, I have struck a thousand men. And, uh, you know, it doesn't rhyme in English. But basically what he's saying is that with the jawbone of a donkey, I have destroyed the masses. I have killed a thousand Philistines. Now, remember when I told you to think about the 3,000 men that came to get Samson? 3,000 men of Judah could have overtaken the Philistine army of a thousand men that Samson just destroyed here, but they didn't do it because they were too scared. Instead, they went against Samson and brought him to the Philistines so he could do it for them. So that kind of shows the state of Israel at this point in time. They are much more willing to give up their own people to appease the Philistines, to appease the, the evil Philistines that were doing terrible things to them for 60 years. And they were, they were more happy to be under the Philistines than they were to be under Yahweh and Yahweh's rules. So they give up uh, Samson so that Samson can go by himself through God's power, kill the Philistine army. If you look at all the other judges of Israel, they all had armies and uh, Samson was the only one that had himself. And uh, he didn't have any army. He just did it all himself. <laughs> and that's because it looks like the Israelites were not willing. They just were not willing to go to battle, battle with the uh, Philistines. They didn't want to. So anyway, Samson makes this poem about how he just defeated a thousand men with the, the jawbone of a donkey. And it says, when he finished speaking, he threw the jawbone out of his hand and the place was called Ramath 
Lehi, which means jawbone. (laughs) So they named it after Samson. Now notice the poem that Samson says here. He says, with the jawbone of a donkey, I have struck a thousand men. He gave all the glory to himself. And that's kind of where Samson's entitlement comes back in. He didn't uh, realize that it was God's spirit that had helped him through this entire thing, that this was a miracle. He believed by his own power he had done this. Once again, a picture of the Israelites at this point in time. Whenever they defeated a new enemy, they were always like, yeah, you know, that was, that was me. God couldn't have done that. That was definitely by our power that we did that. And we actually see that happening um, with the judge Gideon, where God actually said, if I allow any more than 300 men to go up against, I think it was the Midianites at that point in time, they will become arrogant and say that I did it myself. But Samson does it right here. He's like, yeah, I I totally did this. (laughs) And uh, he does not give God any glory whatsoever. However, all of a sudden he becomes very thirsty, like this death deathly thirst that he has. And he cries out to Yahweh all of a sudden. He's like, you know, Yahweh, you have given me this great deliverance today. And now I shall die of thirst and fall into the hands of the uncircumcised. Uh, What does this remind you of? This reminds me of the time when the Israelites were in the wilderness. God had just saved them from the Egyptian nation. And they yelled at God and were like, what God did you lead us out into the wilderness so that we could die of thirst? Samson just said this, basically the same exact thing to God that the Israelites had said to God way back in the wilderness multiple times about the water. And what does God do here for Samson? It says in verse 19, God split the hollow place and water came out of it. So God split a rock for Samson and he drank It's a direct picture of what happened in the wilderness. The Israelites were crying out against God, saying, God, you drove us here into the wilderness so that we could die. That's why you did this. Even though you just saved me from my enemies, you did this to me so I could die. And God split the rock for Israel way back in those days. And now God is splitting the rock once again for Samson to drink, to drink that water and to be refreshed with that water. Therefore, the name of that place was called En-Hekor, which is in Lehi to this day. I don't know what En-Hekor means. I'm sorry, I didn't look it up. But it says in verse 20, to conclude, he judged Israel 20 years in the days of the Philistines. It's interesting that it mentions the days of the Philistines. Did it say that for any of the other judges? Um, No. No. All the other judges I'm looking at here in Judges chapter 12, it just says they judged Israel for such and such years. It doesn't say in the days of any enemy. So what was Samson doing here? Was he trying to get rid of the Philistines or was he allowing them to live among the Israelite people this entire time? And if he were, that makes a lot of sense to me because that's what the Israelite people were always doing. They were always allowing the other nations the other pagan nations to live with them and adopting their customs. So Samson, it mentions here he was judging Israel in the days of the Philistines. So that kind of seems to me like he didn't, other than this battle and a handful of others that he had with the Philistines, he didn't do much 
to make sure that Israel was completely saved out of the hands of the Philistines. So that is another interesting thing about Samson here is he never really removes the Philistines like the other judges did. And honestly, out of all of the judges of Israel, Samson was the worst. And that's because he just didn't do what the judges were supposed to do. He didn't live a pure life. He didn't model a pure life to the other other Israelite people. He didn't uh, remove the Philistines from the land of Israel. He didn't keep his Nazarite vows. And even though he was a leader of Israel, and even though he had faith during this battle that God would uh, take care of him and help him defeat these Philistines, he still didn't give glory to God. Uh, it's It truly is just astounding how much of a picture Samson's life is to the Israelite people. Friends and faithful listeners, don't forget to check out 7 Weeks Coffee and also all the other links I have listed in the description of the podcast episode. I'm so thankful you're here. I love hearing from all of you guys. And I'm going to let you all go because I, I did go a little longer with today's episode. But I will see you guys tomorrow for an episode out of the Book of Acts. And then once again on Wednesday, we'll talk more about this crazy judge, Samson. Friends and faithful listeners, have a fantastic rest of your Monday. Happy listening and God bless.